0: Welcome to SaaS
1: Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about some practical frameworks and tactical tips to help you level up your SaaS marketing game. Joining us for SaaS Marketing Week is Rachel Leist, who is the Senior Director of Marketing at HubSpot, which is a leading customer relationship management platform that provides software and support to help businesses grow better. HubSpot builds sales, marketing, services, and website management products that start at free and scale to meet any of their customers' needs at any stage of growth. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, HubSpot is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week, Rachel and I have talked about the SaaS demand gen playbook. We talked about email marketing guidelines, some conversational marketing tactics, and yesterday we talked about marketing automation rules you should use for your sales business. Today, we're going to wrap up SaaS Marketing Week by talking about how you can find the line between your sales and marketing team when you're marketing to SaaS businesses. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with Rachel Leist from HubSpot. Rachel, happy Friday and welcome to the last episode of SaaS Marketing Week on the Martech Podcast.
2: Happy Friday. We all made it.
1: Well, we're almost there. You still have to talk to me today. You can't (laughs) leave just yet. We've covered a lot of ground this week, talking about everything from content, PPC, email, conversational bots, marketing automation. And at the end of the day, when you're marketing towards a SaaS business, a lot of it is very much relationship driven, which means that we have to talk to the stuff suits in sales. It's rough. It's tough. Nobody wants to talk to the sales team, do they?
2: Oh, I love our sales team. Our sales team at lots the best. I promise.
1: Oh, you have to say that. Look notoriously marketing and sales haven't always got along. There's always a healthy tension of whether marketing is bringing the leads and whether sales clothing, whether sales is clothing them. So when business isn't great, they point at each other. And when it's going great, like at HubSpot, it's just kumbaya, big love fest.
2: We like to call it smarketing. We have nice marketing alignment.
1: That's smorable. (laughs) Sorry, I can't think of anything smart to counter marketing, but finding the line of when marketing is working on a lead, when you're handing it off to sales, what are those triggers? Who should reach out? Is the email automated? Is it a manual process? These are things that can really impact not only how your team works together, but also how effective your outreach is. Talk to me about finding the line between marketing and sales.
2: First and foremost, you need to have an SLA with your sales team, which stands for service level agreement. And we have an SLA based on how many QLs we can generate for them. And then we also take a look at their close rates and average sales price to make sure we're generating quality leads for the sales team. And on their end, they need to work that demand. So, because that is really the North Star that we are both looking at, and we have the same reports, we're looking at all of the same metrics. We then look at all the campaigns that we're working on to hit those metrics.
1: Hang on. You threw out so many acronyms there. You got to tell me what the heck you're talking about. You have a service level agreement with your sales team to measure the QLs, the qualified leads. Yeah. So basically you have an agreement. Here's how many leads we're going to send you and how good they are going to be. You got a deal.
2: We do have a deal. And part of that deal, the reason I bring up the quality of them is because we rather give them higher quality demand than a ton of lower quality. This goes back to our, really our conversation on Monday that we had around quality is better than quantity. And of course we want to give them as much demand as possible, but the quality is really key here to our agreement. Okay. So
1: we want to send you a certain number of leads. They have to be a certain volume. And then you mentioned that you're evaluating what their close rates are, what the average deal size are. Basically, these are like, we'll send you our leads if you do a good job closing them. But what happens if that's not working?
2: When it doesn't work, that is when the marketing alignment comes in. I'm going to keep throwing out marketing because I, I have to, I like your reaction to it. But really for every campaign, we are communicating about it before the campaign kicks off. So we have some campaigns where we're creating content that gives them a reason to really reach out to their prospects, to their customers. And just again, going back to the quality content that they have to reach out and say, Hey, I think you might be interested in this. Then we also have our, what we call kind of our always on automation, which are things that constantly running. And again, that is the conversational marketing experiences and the email conversation, email experiences that we talked about earlier this week. So between those additional campaigns and the always on automation, they know what is going on and they know what content they have at their disposal.
1: One of the things that can make your business seem unprofessional is when sales reach out and marketing keeps you in their nurture campaign to ask you to reach out to sales. What's the line where you're a qualified lead and marketing is still sending you emails? When is it handed over to sales? And then do you keep sending some marketing emails after the transition has happened?
2: When someone is considered a qualified lead for us, That is when marketing stops their automation and sales takes over. So we have a really clean line there. However, there are cases where sales is in touch with our database before they become a qualified lead. And in some cases, we do continue to send them certain types of automation, newsletters and other pieces of content. In other cases, we don't send them automation to, again, make sure that we're not over emailing, that we're not interrupting that sales conversation
1: what I hear is, well, sometimes we continue to market to them and sometimes we hand them to sales and sometimes we do both and sometimes we don't. And it just seems like, well, that's all over the place. So how are you figuring out what are the segments of when you should reach out to somebody, when marketing's done and when they should keep their foot on the gas?
2: Our hard and fast rule is if there's an open deal, then sales will work on that communication and marketing will not send continuous automation.
1: Okay. So managing the volume of outreach is obviously important. What are some of the things that you're doing to set sales up for success before you hand them the lead? How do you figure out what gets someone to be qualified and when they're ready?
2: The reason I say qualified lead and not things like MQL that you typically hear with marketing qualified lead is we made a change a couple of years ago where someone who is considered a qualified lead expects to hear from the sales team. And we generate that type of demand from marketing and also from product. So we have something we call a PQL, a product qualified lead. This is why we just take off the M and the P and we call it a QL.
1: It's marketing and PQLs and all sorts of fun acronyms over there at HubSpot.
2: Yeah. But for us, someone who is taking that QL action will expect to hear from our sales team. And that is part of the reason why we also look at those close rates and and ASPs, the average deal sizes, because we are generating quality demand. It's much more quality if the demand you're sending expects to hear from the sales team.
1: Look, if you're in a small organization, it's pretty simple understanding what leads are being handed to which sales team. At a company like HubSpot, this is a really complex problem. You've got a large and diverse sales team, an organization in general, but they're also spread all over the globe. So how do you think about routing and getting the right lead to the right salesperson?
2: Yeah, we didn't even talk about our non-English automation and how we change that based on the different regions globally, I think that's a future podcast conversation because we could talk for a while about that. So when someone comes into our database initially and they fill out either our lead forms or our signup forms, that is when they initially get routed to our sales team. So our sales reps are able to talk to people on our database who haven't taken that QL action. They just know that those people won't necessarily expect that they're being reached out to or they won't expect to hear from the sales team.
1: So the relationship between sales and marketing can be very complex and at times contentious. Talk to me about some of the relationship building that you have to do between sales and marketing. Not only make sure that like you know where the line in the sand is, but that everybody is rowing in the same direction.
2: Well, so our CEO likes to say that alignment eats strategy for breakfast. And one of the things that we've done is we have something that we call a demand council. And at the demand council, that is when we really make sure between sales and marketing that we are aligned. So that is when we talk about biggest potholes or challenges that we're facing, how marketing's role in that sales role with that. We look at the data together. We come up with a plan together and it sounds simple that it's just a meeting, but that meeting to openly discuss all of those challenges, or even saying we have a big sales month coming up in a couple months. How can we work together on campaigns to hit that, those targets? That has been really, really critical for us.
1: I want to say that sounds like a good strategy, but it's a little bit forced, so I'm just going to say it sounds marvelous.
2: I like the either version.
1: <laughs> I appreciate you playing along. Rachel, any other last words between finding the line and the balance between sales and marketing?
2: I will say one thing. If you're on marketing or if you're on sales, give the other side the benefit of the doubt. Each team has tough targets to hit and you work together and you just have this marketing beauty.
1: You know, next year, we're launching a podcast to talk just about this. The Revenue Generator podcast is coming, and it's basically the notion that sales and marketing are the same team. And guess what? Product and customer service, they're all on the revenue team. We're all part of the same organization, and we have the technologies and the tools to work with the same KPIs, HubSpot being a great example of how that can be done. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and taking part in SaaS Marketing Week. I appreciate you coming on and being my guest. Thanks for the knowledge. Thanks. All right. And that wraps up SaaS Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Rachel Leist, Senior Director of Marketing at HubSpot for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Rachel, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Rachel Leist. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-I-S-T. Or you could visit her company's website, which is HubSpot.com.